What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, Saturday, August 3rd. Hope all you guys have had a great weekend up to this point. Hope all you guys are doing good, man. And first and foremost, I just want to send my prayers, my condolences, my positive thoughts, and my love to the people of El Paso. Such a tragedy. It hurts to even talk about, but we'll get through this. You know, we America got to do better. Still, you know, I'm going to keep saying that we got to do better. Stuff like this can't continue to happen. We can't just keep losing people to just stupid acts of violence and recklessness. And I'm just praying for those people and those families, man, because I know that's a tough thing to go through. So I hope everybody just somehow, some way finds some way to cope and recover with that. But I hope everybody else is just having a pretty solid weekend, getting through the weekend. Hope all you guys have a very enjoyable and fun Sunday coming up now. Today, I'm going to talk about three different things. First, I'm going to talk about LeBron. We'll get into that in a second. And then I'm going to talk about two other kids who are in high school doing their recruitment that just recently cut their list. So we'll get into them later. But first, I want to talk about LeBron. So David Griffin, who used to be the general manager of the Cleveland Cavaliers, came out and said, specifically, I have the quote right here. He said, LeBron is getting all the credit and none of the blame. And that's not the type of fun, and that's not fun for people, excuse me. Um, They don't like being part of that world. So he pretty much was saying that in context of like, yes, LeBron won them a ring because the year that LeBron, I believe the year that LeBron and them won the ring in 2016 when they came back and beat the Warriors from coming back down from a 3-1 deficit, I believe that next year, David Griffin was fired, I believe. Either fired or, or he just left. And now he is the current general manager of the New Orleans Pelicans, and, and he's formed a pretty good team. But I don't know why people keep trying to go at LeBron James. Like, why are people disrespect? Not even This isn't even really disrespectful, but it's just like, why are people poking at the beast? Have you guys never heard that saying, don't poke at the bear? And you're gonna you're gonna wake up that bear, and that's the only thing that you guys are doing with LeBron James. And I don't think people are understanding that. You guys are only making him matter. You guys are only adding more fuel to the fire, and you guys are only making him more motivated to go out and dominate on the court. And I feel like people don't understand that. They want to bash him. They want to talk bad about him. And it's like that statement. It just did not need to be said. Like David Griffin, you're not even with the Cavaliers anymore. One. You should be focusing on your Pelicans team that you've really designed a good roster for from Zion to getting from trading Anthony Davis to get Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, um, excuse me, Josh Hart. And then you got you drafted pretty good too, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Jackson Hayes, like I previously said, Zion. So it's like, why are you even worried about LeBron? I know, you know, you got asked a question, but it's like you shouldn't have even said that. And literally, LeBron literally came out with a tweet like a couple of days ago congratulating David Griffin's wife for, like, some type of charity event that she had did. Like, it's just weird stuff like that. It's, it's crazy how people are so quick to just criticize LeBron for everything that he does. And then we also got the thing that recently just blew up over social media where LeBron was celebrating too hard, quote-unquote, and he lost his shoe on the court, and everybody was saying he looks crazy, he needs to relax, and yada, yada. It's like, what do you guys want from LeBron? If he wasn't there in the first place to support his and first of all, that's the thing, too. He wasn't even going that crazy over his son. He was going that crazy over his team, his own travel ball team. Bronny, not Bronny, not Bryce, or even his daughter were on the court playing at the time. He was literally celebrating a play from kids that he just helps on his travel ball team or coaches on his travel ball team. 
literally. He was literally celebrating not even his own blood. And people got mad at that. And then even the kid that was part of the play, because it was off of through the legs alley-oop, Dior Johnson, who's one of the best point guards in the nation. He's a freshman. Or, he's, yeah, he's going to be a, a sophomore. Um, currently, he's going to go to Fairfax High School. But LeBron's pretty much taking care of him. And literally, he came out and tweeted. I don't have the exact tweet, but he, I'll paraphrase. He pretty much said, like, you guys really hate on LeBron, but you guys have no idea what he does behind the scenes. And not only that, but his dad hadn't been to not a single one of his basketball games in his entire life. And he hasn't even seen his dad in four years. And LeBron is pretty much that father figure in his life. And literally, we still have people on Twitter, on these you know sports talk shows that are still criticizing LeBron just for celebrating a basketball play. And then joining the layup lines to put on a show for people. Like, stuff gets so blown out of proportion when it comes to LeBron James that people really need to relax. Because it's honestly not even that serious. I didn't even want to address it, but it was just so frustrating to watch all the reactions and all the just dumb people just going crazy about literally LeBron just having fun. Like, people, we're in the middle of the summer. And you guys are stressing over a dude just having fun and supporting his players. Like, what is ever wrong with that? Because if he wasn't there, if he was a quote-unquote deadbeat dad, like how y'all try to make black fathers out to be, then it would be a whole nother conversation. But literally, LeBron's always been there. He's never gotten in trouble. He's been in the limelight since he was, what, 16, 15 years old. I'm not saying he's perfect, but he's close as hell to being perfect, literally, because he has no flaws on his record. You guys really just hate the man for basketball purposes. Literally, that's the only reason. So it's like... We got to do better in what we really criticize him because it's honestly not that big of a deal if you ask me. So, But, you know, it is what it is. People are crazy, but we just got to do better. So that's that. Moving on, um, I want to talk to you guys about two top-tier high school players. One who we'll talk about right now goes by the name of Isaiah Todd. He is a 6'8 power forward from Richmond, Virginia. Um, he recently just transferred high schools. He was at Trinity Academy High School in Raleigh, North Carolina. He just announced a couple of days ago that he'll be transferring to Word of God Academy, which or Christian Academy, shall I say, which is the same high school that produced John Wall. In, it's in Raleigh, North Carolina still. So he's still in Raleigh. He's in the class of 2020. He is one of the top power forwards in the nation. He really does it all. I'd say the best comparison to Isaiah Todd is Anthony Davis. He plays, he kind of reminds me of Anthony Davis at the same stage. When Anthony Davis was in high school, he wasn't really um, the ultimate player that he is now. He wasn't really offensively skilled as he is now, but he was blocking shots. He was doing a little bit of everything on the def defensive end. He hit a growth spurt, so he, he was playing point guard at first, and Isaiah Todd can really do a little bit of everything. He can shoot the three, mid-range jumper is pretty solid. Really good at posting up and fading away. He can do a little bit of everything. So he really reminds me of Anthony Davis at the same point. Not right now, Anthony Davis. But Anthony Davis, when he was in high school, they really remind me of each other. So he recently cut his list down to six, five, excuse me. He cut his list down to five. So those five schools are Kansas, Kentucky, Memphis, Michigan, and North Carolina. Now, before we get into the schools and breaking down the schools, this past high school season at Trinity Academy, um, he averaged 28 points per game and 15 rebounds. He averaged a double-double easily. 15 rebounds is honestly crazy. That's a lot of rebounds. And on his travel ball team, he played on the Nike EYBL circuit, um, which is the top circuit. I always say it. He played for Knight Riders Elite, which are based out of Florida, 
where he averaged 18.3 points per game and 8.4 rebounds per game. And he was their best player, if you ask me personally. They were one of the top teams. They were stacked from head to toe. Isaiah Ty was easily the best player on that team. Um, so going into the schools, he pretty much has every blue blood school on the list, um, except for Duke. And that's crazy because he's in North Carolina and Duke isn't in his top five, but it is what it is. In Memphis and Michigan. So Kansas. Kansas, we all know, they always produce some type of one-and-done talent. Bill Self out in Lawrence, Kansas, they do what they got to do. I think Kansas will, pre will be a pretty decent fit. I don't think he ends up going to Kansas, but I think Kansas has a really good shot at getting him. So I would not be surprised if Kansas ended up somehow getting him and swooping him out of North Carolina, even though I think that's going to be a hard thing to do. Then you got Kentucky. Now, Kentucky is supposedly the favorite right now. He actually sounds like his first official visit is going to be to Lexington to visit the Wildcats. And the Wildcats have had a really good summer when it comes to recruiting from Landon BJ Boston. They currently have Cameron Fletcher on a, an official visit right now. And so they've been really good in, in recruiting-wise in the summer. So sounds like um, Kentucky is going to get the first official visit, and then we'll see what they do from there. Um, then you have Memphis. Now, Memphis is also interesting, too, because supposedly he has a really good relationship with the coaching staff at Memphis. But if you guys didn't know, last year, Memphis had the number one recruiting class in the class of 2019. They had James Wiseman, um, Lester Quinones, DJ Jeffries. They had a lot of good players. They really recruited hard. Penny Hardaway and Mike Miller and staff are really good recruiters. And I thought it was going to translate over into this year's class in the class of 2020. But it hasn't because some kids really still love Kentucky. They still love Duke. And so Penny Hardaway, he's going to struggle to get the same type of recruiting class that he did last year. And if he could get Isaiah Todd, it'd definitely be a big-time stepping stone for him to, you know, really revamp this 2020 class. Because right now, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Memphis fans, you guys should be concerned because the same talent that you got in 2019 is not going to be the same talent that you got in 2020. And you guys, it's looking like you might not get – any of the top players in the nation as of, right, as of right now. Recruiting, things always change, so I wouldn't say panic or anything like that, but just be worrisome a little bit. So, But if Memphis could get him, that would be a really big thing for Penny Hardaway. You know, kids love Penny Hardaway, even though, you know, my generation and younger, we didn't really grow up and get a chance to watch Penny because we were just too young and he had all the injuries and stuff, so we never got to really get a, a real good glance at him. But kids' parents love Penny, and he has that aura. He has that you know, iconic status, that legendary status as a hooper. And so kids' parents love him and they want to see him. And we all know he had a pretty decent NBA career. And we all knew if he didn't get hurt, he was going to be one of the greatest players of all time. And so people love that. And, you know, people want to get ready for the NBA. Who is the best – what's the best way to get ready for the NBA besides from – uh, NBA ex-coach is by NBA player and especially a staff that's full of NBA players from Mike Miller to Penny Hardaway. So I don't blame him if he ended up going to Memphis. So that's Memphis. Then you have Michigan. Now, I give Jawan Howard a lot of credit because as we all know, he hasn't even coached a single game yet. And literally he's in all these recruits top five lists. Like I've done a couple different kids recruitments on my podcast and Michigan has been on somebody's list like almost every single time. So I got to give him a lot of credit for that because he's definitely making – Michigan was already a national brand, but he's definitely making sure that Michigan is trying to get those top five recruits that John Beeline didn't really recruit that hard. And now Jawan Howard is really active in, in his pursuit to get those top five recruits. No, you know, Jawan Howard hasn't landed that top recruit yet, but it's just a matter of time, to be honest with you. He's going to get one of these kids, and it's a matter 
time. That's all it is. So that's Michigan. Then we have North Carolina. North Carolina is interesting because they're in the state. You know, Raleigh to North Carolina is not that far. Raleigh to, excuse me, Chapel Hill is not that real far. So, you know, Roy Williams kind of has a recruiting advantage as of right now. Um, for a while, it seemed like North Carolina was the favorites to land Isaiah Todd, but now it looks like Kentucky has the, you know, absolute lead. But things always change in recruiting, so you never really know. Kids, you know, one day they wake up wanting to go to another school. One day they want to wake up and go to the school that they didn't want to go to at first. So it's always weird. So that's his top five. It's interesting. We'll see what he does. He still has one more year of high school left. I don't think he's going to commit before his high school season starts in either November or December. But I think he's going to know um, somewhere around that time. And I think he's going to have completed all his official visits. So that is his top five. I'll say it again. It's Kansas, Kentucky, Memphis, Michigan, and North Carolina with Kentucky being the favorites. But as I previously said, anything can change. So that is Isaiah Todd. Next, um, we have Caleb Love. Caleb Love is a 6'3 point guard. He is from St. Louis, Missouri. He goes to Christian Brothers College, which is pretty much a high school. He is also in the senior class of 2020. He played on the Nike UIBL circuit for Bradley Bill Elite. Bradley Bill, probably the best player from St. Louis right now in the NBA. You know, Jason Tatum is slowly catching up, but I'd say Bradley has that title as of right now. Bradley Bill is a mentor of Caleb Love, so that's always a good thing to have. Um, but, man, Caleb Love is just – honestly, he's a dynamic point guard. He's probably one of the best scoring point guards in the nation right now because he's really, at 6'3", he's got a really good, um, really broad shoulders, really strong. He's about 175, can just dominate his way to the glass, can finish through contact, can sh really shoot it. I think the best thing about his game is his ability to shoot the three because he's a really knockdown shooter. And I think he's going to be really good when he, when he gets to college. Um, he can also, like I said, he, he really be dunking on people. Like, I, I literally seen him go on YouTube, go to his video on YouTube by Eric Gets Buckets. He literally jumped over a dude, and Coach K was in front row attendance watching that game. And I'm surprised Coach K hasn't really recruited him harder, but this dude is the real deal. But Caleb Love, I really like everything about his game. Really talented player. He's definitely next up out of St. Louis. So his top six that he released yesterday is down to Arizona. Um, North Carolina, Indiana, Kansas, Louisville, and the home state school of Missouri. Um, on the EYBL, he averaged a little bit under 17 points a game. Um, really talented player. Um, was the best player for Bradley Bill Elite. I'd say he's probably the highest ranked. He played alongside some uh, a couple other five-star players in Cameron Fletcher and Moses Moody, but he definitely was the best player to me. He was probably the most consistent player too. So um, breaking down his top five though. Arizona. So Sean Miller, even though he, he's battled his FBI investigations and all that stuff, he continues to get, not get, but he continues to get the attention of top recruits. And if Caleb Love were to go to Arizona, he'd easily replace Nico Manyanin, who I think is going to have a really good freshman year for the uh, Wildcats. And I think Caleb Love would go in there and easily replace Nico Manyanin. I think he'd probably be better than Nico Mannion, who is going to be a really good freshman for Arizona. So I think Arizona would definitely be a good fit. Um, but we'll see if Sean Miller is able to last. I don't know. They're sounding like there's still some NCAA violations that still need to be handed out and some FBI investigations that still need to be handed out. But we shall see. So that's Arizona. Then you have North Carolina. Like I previously stated for North Carolina with Isaiah Todd. North Carolina, they're always going to be in the running for one type of one and done. Honestly, 
out of all these schools, I think I'd have to give North Carolina the edge. I think if you went to North Carolina, you're going to see, just like how I said, Nico Mañana is going to have a really good year for the Wildcats. Cole Anthony, who is a freshman now, son of former UNLV running Rebel Greg Anthony, is going to have a really good year for Roy Williams in the Tar Heels. And I think if Caleb Love were to go there, he'd replace um, Cole Anthony really good, just how Cole Anthony is going to replace Kobe White. Caleb Love would be a really good fit for North Carolina because they run a really high pace and fast pace up-tempo type of offense. And I think that's the type of offense he needs to be in in order to thrive and showcase his full skill set. So that's North Carolina. Then you have Indiana. Now, Indiana, um, historically, we all know the great Bob Knight and company, you know, endless national championships. But, you know, right now they're kind of struggling. Archie Miller has done a pretty good job um, as of now. He gets good recruits. I'll give him that. He does get good recruits. Um, he has five-star Trace Jackson Davis right now. Last year he had Romeo Langford, who currently got drafted to the Boston Celtics. Um, so he knows how to get recruits. His next step is honestly just bringing back winning ties to Bloomington. I think the biggest thing he has to do now is just be able to win and being able to compete in the Big Ten Conference. But I think Caleb Love, honestly, Indiana always does have a pretty solid guard. I think Caleb Love would probably like going to Indiana. I don't think he ends up in Bloomington, but I think it's a good, you know, they have a good chance. Being in the top five, Indiana, it wouldn't be a bad fit. So, I, you know, I, I kind of like Indiana now that I really think about it and put my mind on it. Indiana is not a bad fit. So that's um, Indiana. Then we have Kansas. I'd say this list, or I'd say out of Caleb's list, I think the Blue Bloods are the favorite as of now. I think North Carolina and Kansas have the best shot. Kansas, we know Bill Self always has some type of one-and-done five-star recruit. Um, currently, right now, they have Devon Dotson running the point guard who entered his name into the NBA draft, decided to withdraw, come back to school, return to his sophomore season, and Kansas is going to be really good this upcoming season. And I think you know he's going to leave next year, enter the NBA draft, Caleb Love would be able to go in, take that position from day one. Or I, No, actually, I don't know, because Kansas does have some really good guards right now that aren't Devon Dotson that are coming off the bench. Or one might redshirt, but in Dewan Harris, and um, they got another good guard. I forgot his name, but they have a lot of point guards. So, honestly, I don't know if Kansas is going to happen. We'll see. I don't think Caleb Love is scared of competition. I think he's better than the point guards that Kansas has in the tuck right now. But... I don't think he ends up at Kansas. I think it's either North. I think he, he does end up at North Carolina, but Kansas does have a good shot. Then you have Louisville. Louisville, for the past two years, um, they've had um, a grad transfer at point guard. They had Christian Cunningham this past season, who's transferred from Sanford. Then they had Lamar Kimball, or going to have Lamar Kimball this upcoming season, who transferred from um, St. Joseph's in Philly. Um, and Chris Mack just has not he's not he hasn't gotten his true point guard five-star freshman yet he's got some talent coming in with his 2019 recruiting class but they don't really have a true point guard josh nickelberry possibly but i say josh nickelberry is more of a shooting guard than a point guard but if he were able to get caleb love in louisville in cardinal red that'd be a really good pickup for him i think the cardinals have a really good shot chris mack has done a really good job in the recruiting scenes ever since he's been at louisville for the past two years i think it'd be a really interesting or actually passed one year he just finished up his first season he's headed into a second year so i think louisville has a good chance though i think louisville it would be a really good fit for him adidas i think that red that cardinal red i think caleb love is going to take a serious consideration into louisville so i like louisville's chances in this too um and then you have mizzou missouri hometown home state school shall i say up in columbia missouri um or down in columbia missouri 
Conzo Martin has done a pretty good job when it comes to recruiting. He has yet to really get those top recruits. He's had Michael Porter Jr., Jonte Porter Jr. He's had Isaiah Tillman. His next move is just getting the roster to fit around each other. They're, they're a pretty good team in the SEC. They're not winning a lot, but one thing they do know how to do is hold down home court. It's not an easy place to go into Columbia and try and beat the Missouri Tigers. They really hold down their home court. Conzo Martin is a really good coach. Um, in the state of Missouri, in the class of 2020, they just have a really, really good class. Like, they have a, a lot of good players in Missouri for the 2020 class. So, I think Caleb Love is seriously considering them. Sadly, I don't think the Tigers end up getting him. I think it's – actually, I said I said earlier it's going to come down to North Carolina and Kansas. But I really think – because I just thought about it. Like, Kansas does have a lot of point guards. I think it's going to come down to North Carolina and Louisville. I think one of those schools are going to be a very lucky winner. We shall see. But that is Caleb Love, man. That is his recruitment, his top five. Um, I think he's going to end up committing before his high school season starts in December. It'll definitely be interesting. He is in the class of 2020. He will be a senior, so just be on the lookout for him. One day, he will most definitely probably be in the NBA, and I expect that from him. So with that being said, please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, and share. As always, shout out to my Nuts and Bolts sports family. This has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops podcast. As always, Peace, love, and blessings gone.